Hi, everyone, and a very warm welcome to the Seamers Mobility podcast, Moving Beyond. I'm your host, Professor Sally Eaves, and today's episode is focused on hydrogen for regional trains. I think it can play a huge role in the energy transition that is so critical to us all today. To explore this topic in more detail, I'm delighted to be joined by Johan Steinbar, who is Platform Director, H2 Technologies for Regional Trains at Siemens Mobility. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Sally. My pleasure. And I'm also delighted to be joined by Professor and Dr. Klaus Bonhoff, who is Director General for Policy Issues at the Federal Ministry for Digital and Transport. A very warm welcome to you too, Klaus. Thank you very much, Sally. Great to be here. Thank you very much. So perhaps as a place to start, if you could just share a little bit more about your roles and your areas of responsibilities, just to give, give a feel for the audience about your roles and what they're all about. So Klaus, maybe you first. Yes, happy to do so. Uh, I'm Director General for Policy Issues at the Federal Ministry for Digital and Transport uh, here in Germany. And my responsibilities include, uh, well, any kind of overarching transport matters, but uh, more specifically related to this topic here today. I'm also responsible for all of the uh, programs around sustainable mobility and uh, how do we get uh, towards a mobility with reduced and in the end zero um, CO2 emissions. So that's a major portion of my daily duty and responsibilities. And also I'm responsible for the European affairs of our ministry. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing. And if I could say the same over to you, Johan, as well, about your role and, and areas of key focus. Yeah, my name is Jochen Steinbauer. I'm responsible uh, for the development of the hydrogen trains within Siemens Mobility. And we started this business already in 2017 and uh, with, with battery and hydrogen development in parallel. And then, then we moved the teams, spread the teams. So because the, these um, business topics became so relevant and there was so much to do. So I'm focusing on the hydrogen train. That means the development, the market entry, the business development, and even the infrastructure, because we cannot talk, talk only about the hydrogen trains, though there is something with infrastructure related to that. So um, it's always me in Siemens Mobility. Fantastic. Absolutely. That infrastructure point is so, so key there. And as you like, literally trying to tee that up for me, really, you know, hydrogen, we want to focus on this today, this power source for train opportunity. And I think really since February of this year, we've seen an evolution in the discussion you know, around resources and around energy. It's entered a new phase, really, in terms of resonance and progress. So how has your view of this energy transition changed? Maybe if I go back to you, Klaus, first. Well, we are indeed in very um, critical times these days and nobody would have uh, thought about this uh, earlier this year but uh, with the uh, war uh, in Ukraine we now have more of a sense of urgency that we need to uh, get off of uh, fossil fuels uh, overall but uh, also um, kind of reduce our dependencies on, on fossil fuel imports um, the overall idea of uh, increasing the share of renewables in the energy sector of in the transportation sector going to zero emission uh, technologies is not new. This is something we've been discussing uh, for, for more than two decades actually by now. Uh, but really now what has changed is the sense of urgency uh, to, to shift our energy system as a whole. And that obviously has huge impacts on the transportation sector as well. Absolutely. Some specific items you mentioned there. I'd love to drive into more detail on those shortly as well. That's fantastic for setting the stage, class. Thank you so much. And Johan, can I ask you for your perspective on this as well? Kind of this rate of change we've seen with vectors of change right across the world right now. 
Yeah, I personally have the feeling that since the end of February, this hydrogen topic is becoming more and more important. I was joining a conference in Hungary some, some weeks ago, and there were some more Eastern European countries attending this conference. And it became evident that uh, the hydrogen generation needs to be accelerated. And even uh, since our rollout of the first Maria Plus H train, there are so many requests from all over the world, especially even from, from Europe, now being pushed since end of February February as, as this, this critical topic of depending on Russian energy became so important. So um, there, there's a push in the market, there's an acceleration, and we need to find the right answers for that. And I think we are on the right way for that. Absolutely. I had the pleasure of going behind the scenes at um, one of the Siemens Mobility Factories around train development, and that came through as well. Again, drivers for change coming from consumers um, themselves in terms of that bidding by design of sustainability factors. So couldn't agree more strongly. That's fantastic. So perhaps now we can dive into one of these areas in a little bit more detail. So particularly around fuel cell technology and its significance today. One of the key problems right now is around low electrification rates on railways in Europe. It's protecting, you know, preventing really more climate protection from taking place. How do we address that? And Klaus, if I could go to you first on this one. Well, indeed. I mean, in Germany, we have a uh, pretty comfortable situation overall in the railway sector that, uh, to a large extent, uh, railway lines are electrified. Um, so that is obviously a very efficient way of uh, moving trains. Uh, but then if you look in the more details, uh, you find that uh, specifically on regional uh, railway uh, tracks, uh, you don't have that electrification. So you don't have um, the, the catenary systems, um, you uh, would need to invest a lot of money in order to do that. Uh, but then again, you're looking at the utilization of those tracks and you find out that um, electrifying directly is probably the more expensive solution compared to the other zero emission solution, which is to use hydrogen as a fuel, which gives you enough energy in the train for your daily operation to then uh, operate a fuel cell battery hybrid system in the end to uh, propel your, your, your train and to do your daily service. So, um, it, you know, the discussion is always uh, black and white, which it should not be. The world is more colorful than that. So it's not either electrification um, while overhead uh, catenary systems um, or uh, fuel cell system. It is both indeed. And um, there's certain circumstances where it is more cost effective to use hydrogen and fuel cell uh, as the drivetrain. And then if you look at Europe overall, and I'm sure Jochen can talk more about that, uh, there's definitely other regions in Europe where electrification is even more difficult. So um, there is a good perspective for hydrogen fuel cells to play a major role in decarbonizing the rail sector as well. Excellent. And Johan, if you could come in on that, that would be fantastic, I think. And also maybe looking at some of the barriers around electrification, for example, around cost. Yeah, electrification is enormously expensive. And when we're talking about electrification of one kilometer, we're talking about one to up to three million euro per kilometer. This is enormous, but there's another factor to be considered. It's the factor of time. It requires time to do the electrification. And I, some, some days ago, I received a figure from 2021. In 2021, in Germany, there have been 60 kilometers electrified. And we have still 6,000 kilometers to go until 2030. So electrification is not the only way to become CO2 neutral in, in mobility and in rail sector. So there are more technologies to come. And it's a variety of technologies that is now available and we have to use it and look for the best 
application for even these technologies. So electrification is, is one method, but there's also battery train as well as a hydrogen train, and they are now coming on the stage. And fuel cell trains, or the, the principle of fuel cells, is well known since decades. It's, um, it's a very simple principle that hydrogen and oxygen together um, form a chemical reaction, and the result is simply water and power. And we, especially on, on the train, we are using this power for continuously charging a battery. And um, the battery is providing exactly this, this power for acceleration and taking up the recuperated energy. Well, it's a really clever, clever solution. And if, if there is a software behind that and around that and getting the subsystem together in an optimized way, then we have a really clever and smart um, train. So um, it's it's a variety of solutions we have now available and we should use it. And especially uh, Germany has indeed a very comfortable solution or a comfortable situation that 60% of the network is already electrified. But there are Eastern European countries that almost have no electrification and they have an enormous problem to replace the diesel trains. But there are solutions now available and we have to make use of these solutions. Absolutely. And you kind of very naturally went into the next area I wanted to focus on. So I love that balance there of looking at different solutions, right one for the right context, using a comp combination. Again, all sorts of things can make a difference, can't it? Even the, the, the geography of the land, for example, can, can have an impact. I wonder if you could just drill a little bit more specifically around the fuel cell technology area about some of its key advantages um, and just bring that to the fore a little bit more. I think it'd be great to kind of yeah highlight that further. Yeah, the, the fuel cell trains and the fuel cell technologies, they have the opportunity that is a very, very flexible solution. Look, um, the fuel cell trains, they're running up to 1,000 kilometers. So, and for the battery train, they have to be dimensioned for a dedicated line. So we need to exactly know where the charging stations are and how the operation looks like. And um, the hydrogen trains are much more flexible. That's, that's the, the major point. And the other point is, um, look, when... The, when we compare the hydrogen train with diesel trains, and especially you look to your diesel car or your diesel engine, you have to go to service one time a year. Every 10,000 kilometers, 20,000 kilometers, you have to go to service with your car because there are mechanical moving parts in your engine that require maintenance. And the hydrogen train is completely out of these mechanical um, moving parts. So the maintenance effort is much lower. So the life cycle costs of this train, as it is in principle an electrical multiple unit, is much more lower. And there's another factor, um, the noise issue and the noise pollution. So the hydrogen trains are not generating much noise compared to diesel trains. So there are significant advantages. And even but there are still some disadvantages we are working on. For example, the refilling of the train. If you do the normal process of refilling the train with hydrogen, it takes one hour. But there are now solutions available that accelerate this process to up to maximum 50 minutes. And that's where we're working on together with Deutsche Bahn. So there is a variety of um, significant advantages of a hydrogen train to compare to, to diesel train. And from my perspective, there is no need anymore to buy diesel trains. If we could share with the audience a little bit more exactly what that means. So what are the key advantages of hydrogen today? Klaus, if I could go back to you on that. 
Yes, and that is uh, something we're not only discussing since today. It seems like today, if you look at the uh, media these days, uh, there is another hydrogen hype and people argue we had that hype like in the early uh, 2000s, um, which is not true because one fundamental thing has changed. Today, renewable energy has become so cheap and broadly available uh, that that is the right basis to then produce hydrogen. People always argue that producing hydrogen uh, is associated with energy losses. Uh, and yes, there is a certain efficiency, uh, obviously, to an electrolyzer that produces hydrogen from renewable power. Um, but uh, since renewable power has become that cheap, um, there is a global movement that we see these days how do we get renewable power into the energy system? And then it is about flexibility in terms of time, in terms of regional availability. Uh, the large amounts of uh, resources for renewable power are uh, probably not in those areas where we need most of the energy today. So uh, hydrogen really offers the advantage of making renewable power available wherever you need it, whenever you need it. Um, and uh, we're now starting with the scale-up of production technologies uh, that will reduce cost further. And we have the uh, critical situation on the fossil fuel supply with uh, increased prices uh, in the market today and uh, probably even more increasing um, over time. So um, hydrogen will also be cost competitive to the incumbent system. Uh, but in the end, if you ask about the advantage of hydrogen, it is the flexibility in terms of time and uh, uh, energy density and regional availability. Love that. So we've got this combination of benefits. So we, we, we kind of elucidated a few around performance, for example, there, lower life cycle costs, long range, reducing of noise pollution. We covered earlier as well, that faster refueling up to 15 minutes that you spoke about and this emission-free operation. And I love the way you were saying, you know, what we need to do from an infrastructure perspective to help support this and accelerate it further um, around hydrogen filling stations as well as, as an another example of what can be supported. And Klaus, I wonder if I could bring you back in as well around some ideas around, for example, electrolysis plants for hydrogen production too, just to drill in a little bit further about what needs to be done from an infrastructure perspective. Love to hear a little bit more on that side. Uh, yes, and infrastructure is a broad uh, word if you want to. It goes from where does the hydrogen come from, where is it produced, um, all the way to how is it transported to the point of end use and how is it in the end uh, then filled into, uh, fueled into the, the end use uh, application, in this case the train. So um, as the German government, we're fully supportive of the latest regulation uh, that the European Commission came up with, uh, the Alternative Fuel Infrastructure Regulation, uh, which is asking for recharging infrastructure and hydrogen fueling infrastructure uh, within the European member states. That is on road transport. But I'm saying that, that there's obviously then a link also to, also to the rail application. So we do need to look at the synergies between different modes of transportation to make sure that we get hydrogen also um, into the train applications. We see globally a huge dynamic on investing into large-scale electrolyzers. Um, obviously, we do need to look into regional opportunities. So here in Germany, uh, we have uh, regions with a lot of wind, uh, some uh, not so much solar, but also solar. Uh, so regional integrated energy systems will more and more look into also using electrolyzers as a flexibility option within their system. Um, and those electrolyzers are 
anywhere in the region of uh, 10 to 100 megawatt possibly. Um, and then moving beyond, you all have heard in the media uh, plans from the Netherlands to build uh, hundreds of megawatts of electrolyzers out of uh, in, the, um, in the North Sea. Um, and we see global investments taking place even in the gigawatt scale. So, uh, you know, along the whole uh, power range, we see electrolyzer coming into place, which means we will have these green molecules available for the applications. And then uh, there is uh, some applications or some investors are looking into reusing existing natural gas pipelines for hydrogen. Others are looking into modes of transport via ships. Uh, so we see a dynamic market uh, being developed these days. Our responsibility is then to make sure we get the hydrogen to the end-use application, so to build the stations. Uh, and whenever we talk about funding programs, whether that's funding of uh, trains, uh, funding of buses, of heavy-duty vehicles, uh, we have the infrastructure, the refueling station, uh, not only in our minds, but also as part of these programs as well. So obviously it does make sense wherever you want to deploy a fleet of fuel cell vehicles that you have a infrastructure, a refueling station at place. We started very early in Germany, as early as 2009, with the H2 Mobility Initiative to build an initial network of hydrogen stations in Germany. We have 100 for road transport today. Um, and that is the experience that also helps the rail application today. If you look at the supply industry uh, to ramp up the infrastructure that they will need. We have a a specific program also on specific uh, railway uh, refueling. So we have funding programs with Siemens Mobility. We have funding programs with other companies as well. Um, so, yes, obviously, you cannot talk about uh, the application without the infrastructure. Absolutely. So I think that makes a great segue, really, to look beyond now and look at the outlook for the future. I'd love to discuss a bit more about some of the power of partnership activities happening right now, particularly, for example, around Siemens Mobility and the new Mirio Plus H. Um, Johan, could you explore a bit more about this joint project? Yeah, as already explained in the beginning, we started our hydrogen development already in 2017. And two years ago, in 2020, um, we initiated a first project with uh, Deutsche Bahn, where Siemens Mobility is responsible for manufacturing of the first hydrogen train. So we are writing Siemens Mobility history and Deutsche Bahn is taking care for the operation, for the one-year operation in a real passenger service for this train. But beyond that, they are also taking care for the hydrogen generation and the hydrogen infrastructure. And this is a complete new story. So Deutsche Bahn is doing something completely new. They're taking up the power already running through the overhead catenary system, which is already partly green power, and they are generating green hydrogen out of that. So this is an opportunity even for other countries and for other cities, wherever there's a greater junction station where some parts of the lines are electrified and some parts are not, um, just to generate green hydrogen out of the power running through the overhead catenary system. So this is an application application for smaller fleet sizes. It's a mobile containerized solution that can be placed all over the world, especially even for smaller fleet sizes and for demonstration trains. So uh, we are really proud of and Siemens Mobility is taking care for this Maria Plus H train, a completely next generation train with a next generation, completely new developed fuel cell system and a lithium ion battery and then a smart software beyond that. 
and uh, Deutsche Bahn is taking care for the operation starting already in 2024, beginning of 2024. And we're going to present this first train uh, at the Innotrans exhibition to a broader public. And then we are really proud of. But even the story goes on. And uh, we are also manufacturing a second train for Bavaria running between Augsburg and Füssen, also starting in 2024. And uh, Siemens Mobility got awarded for the first project in the Berlin-Brandenburg area with seven trains. So this is a really success story. We started 2017 and there's much more to come. Love that. Absolutely. And, and again, another stat that sprung to mind when I was reading about this as well is just on this trial operation alone, the replacement of diesel, the rail car there, for example, saving around 330 tonnes of CO2. So great, you know, tangible benefits coming forward and that power of cooperation really in many ways. I think that's fantastic to see. And on that note as well, another collaboration. I'd love to hear more as well, Johan, about the collaboration with Ballard Power as well. Another great example this time around the fuel cell. Yeah, absolutely right. The fuel cell is the heart of the train. And uh, in 2017, we decided not to use a market available fuel cell because it doesn't fit to the Mario train. And uh, the exact positive and technical features we have already with the Mario Plus H train. So um, we decided to spend even more than $10 million into the development of a completely new fuel cell system, perfectly fitting to the requirements of the market and to the requirements of the Mirio Plus H. And uh, I'm, I'm really happy that even the German um, government and the funding landscape supported this, pro this project as well for developing the complete um, traction system of the Mirio Plus H. And so we, we, we thought about who could be the right partner for um, the development of a completely new or next generation of fuel cell system with, with totally new technical features. So we were targeting um, in a higher life, lifetime or higher life expectancy of the fuel cell, a better uh, efficiency rate of the fuel cell. So we, we already have the Mario platform train as a low power consuming vehicle with a lightweight vehicle and perfect technical features. So we couldn't afford to use a poor market available fuel cell. So we wanted to enter into a strategic partnership and to develop a next generation of fuel cell system. And um, Ballard Power in Canada has even the capabilities for developing such a new fuel cell system. They are on the market available since more than 40 years. They have 1,000 experts in, uh, in Vancouver um, taking care for these fuel cells. And we see Ballard as a strategic partner even for the future. And um, they are also, and this is a very interesting topic, they are also thinking about manufacturing even these fuel cells now in Europe or maybe in, in Germany. And this is a great development. Absolutely. Again, it's that power of partnership, isn't it? And I love the way, again, I like to talk in pillars sometimes, but for the things I was seeing there in terms of your joint collaboration, again, it's reducing integration barriers. Again, I think it's coming up in so many sectors at the moment, reduce that complexity, improve integration, also vertical integration, and obviously the lowering the CO2 footprint and optimising lifecycle costs as well. Very much that shared value benefits, as I like to describe it. So fantastic to see that coming to life and the trajectory ahead there. And Klaus, I'd love to explore again the wider view here kind of your take on what you're seeing of the role of energy in the climate and strategy and energy strategy in the future particularly around Europe well there's two dimensions I want to touch upon one is uh, looking at it from a transport point of view um, what role will hydrogen play in the transport sector and the other one is the role of hydrogen in the broader energy system in the transportation sector 
electrification of the drivetrain is key. That provides us with zero emission uh, tailpipe, uh, zero tailpipe emissions. And uh, that's obviously where we need to go. And electrified drivetrains do include batteries and fuel cell technology. So we need hydrogen here for larger vehicles, longer distances in all modes of transport. So uh, that is key. And that hydrogen will have to be produced by renewables. Now, switching to the other dimension of the overall energy system, I mean, in, in, a, in a nutshell, you can say hydrogen accelerates the rollout of renewables in the global energy system because it provides us, as mentioned earlier, with the flexibility that we need in order to get renewable energy to where we need it and when we need it. Fantastic. And, and Johan, what are you seeing particularly from the German industry perspective? Yeah, the, the German industry is already processing the hydrogen and the, the more and more hydrogen electrolyzing system for generation systems are to come. More fitting stations are now in the market and on the stage. And I see a very positive development in this in this way. But honestly speaking, this is my per personal view on, on this. We need to be patient for some two, three, four, five years. Because I, I personally think in, in four or five years, there will be a huge amount of hydrogen in the market, especially in Germany. Germany is a front runner from my perspective in, in Europe already, even supported by the um, funding landscape that supported even this hydrogen economy in a perfect way. Um, but we need to be patient for the next couple of years. And when the hydrogen volume is available on the market, then the requirements and the requests for hydrogen trains will also increase. And then this economy starts and this play, this game makes to makes more fun. Absolutely. I love that. And Klaus, one area we haven't touched on is around storage. I wonder if you could unpack a little bit more about like sector coupling, for example, around green hydrogen storage plus fuel. Yes, that is uh, obviously uh, one of the key points uh, when you talk about using renewable energies. Um, you're producing energy from solar and wind whenever the sun is shining or the wind is blowing. So uh, obviously you have times where that is not the case. So especially moving energy uh, on a seasonal basis from summertime to wintertime, um, it does make not only sense, but it's absolutely necessary that you have a high energy density uh, carrier, and that is hydrogen. So hydrogen has to play that role to make sure that you can uh, store renewable energy uh, that originally are electrons if you want to, so it's it's power, uh, but then you transform it into molecules and that provides you with flexibility. And, um, you know, all of these aspects really uh, did flow into um, our national hydrogen strategy that we came up with in 2020. And now with the new government in place here in Germany, we are in the process of revising the national hydrogen strategy and that will take into account all these uh, national, European and global dynamics uh, in order to make sure that we use hydrogen in its best way to accelerate the increase uh, of uh, the share of renewables in, in the energy sector. Um, and speaking about the transportation sector, for us, it's absolutely necessary that we then can also use this stored energy, if you want to, stored renewable energy uh, in our various uh, transportation applications. Absolutely. And Johan, I say, you know, fuel cell trains, a great example of that, this coupling in action across energy and transport. Absolutely right. Why are the fuel cell trains or hydrogen trains so important for starting this hydrogen economy? Because they are consuming, comparable to other um, yeah, trains, a huge amount of hydrogen. 
And we need these heavy-duty applications to come now into the market because their operation, especially hydrogen trains, their operation is predictable. We know exactly what this train consumes per day. And even a fleet of 10 trains consume roughly about five tons of hydrogen per day. So this is all about how to get this hydrogen economy started. And um, how to answer to that is that even the, the hydrogen production companies, they can, can exactly answer to these requirements and to this consumption. And this helps us to increase and to start this hydrogen economy. Superb. And, and kind of going beyond that as well, one thing I like to do is try and give some kind of fast facts, really, to look at the impact and bring that into focus for our audience. So I wonder if we can do that now, Johan, around hydrogen in terms of some you know, statistics that bring to life the impact of the hydrogen industry you know, from a jobs perspective, from a turnover perspective, and just from industry development as well. I'd love to hear from you on that and just bring the colour to that area. I provide you a simple example. When we started in 2017, we started with, with two people. So I was thinking about, oh, how can we spell the word hydrogen? Um, how can we understand the definition of hydrogen in Wikipedia? So we made that up our mind. And now, five years later, um, we are just manufacturing this train. And more than 200 people and colleagues are working on this hydrogen business. And this is really amazing. So we're starting, we're generating a complete new sector, even for Siemens Mobility. And as said before, a train is consuming or a fleet of 10 trains is consuming five tons of hydrogen per day. So this, this even helps. And these are just the figures. Um, this, this helps to increase this, this hydrogen economy. So it's, it's about creating new jobs. It's about creating new business models. Even think about, um, just think about leasing models, pay-per-use models, pay-per-energy models. So there's a completely new business um, starting now and being generated. And personally, I'm, I'm also seeing that the hydrogen price will decrease in the next years. Now we see an, an, just a an price of 10 euro per kilogram or it's, it's 11 euro per kilogram at the moment at the filling station. This will enormously decrease in the next years and this, this will help all of us in starting this, this hydrogen economy. Absolutely. That's such a good point there. I think, you know, that reduced price of entry, so to speak, um, coming coming down the line, I think is so, so important. I love that perspective around jobs, making it really personal for what you've seen at Siemens Mobility. And again, a forecast I read recently kind of implying that by 2050, we're on the way to 5.4 million jobs in the hydrogen industry. So significant benefits. If you were wrapping around how you would describe the benefits of hydrogen power fuel cell trains in a couple of sentences, how would you bring that to bear just to kind of wrap up your key thoughts on that area before we go to a couple of final thoughts? I personally think um, hydrogen powered fuel cell trains can make a significant contribution to reducing the CO2 emissions in, in transport. And they are even an ideal solution to replace existing diesel trains. And we need this, especially in the EU. And uh, we, we have to start with this investment right now. And it's an investment into the future. And I'm really glad and really proud that, especially in Germany, we have a perfect landscape providing the industry the according environment to do these developments right now. So it's the right time and hydrogen trains have a perfect future. Wonderful. Fantastic. And Klaus, if I could go over to you as well, if you had a final thought to share. Well, I think it is worthwhile mentioning that uh, indeed we are at a point with hydrogen fuels and technologies to really go into the market. Uh, and I uh, do see a role for all of us to kind of get that message across that the technology 
is at a maturity status where that can happen. Uh, I'm re just reflecting on the uh, European discussions we've had around the alternative fuels infrastructure regulation that I mentioned earlier, and uh, the impression that some people or even a lot of people today still have that with hydrogen fuel cells, we're still uh, deep into research and development, and that is just not the case. Uh, so it is vital that we get uh, applications into the market. Without hydrogen, we will not achieve our CO2 reduction target in the transportation sector. And uh, we need to think this uh, beyond our national borders, uh, really, as a, as a European, uh, um, in a European dimension, uh, also to stay competitive. I mean, we've talked a lot about climate and energy and renewables, but it is also about the industrial uh, aspect. And the question of uh, how do we maintain jobs in Germany and Europe uh, in this field, looking at the uh, huge investments that are being made into hydrogen fuel technologies in China and elsewhere. So there is that, uh, that uh, uh, industrial politic aspect as well to be mentioned. That's superb. Thank you. I love the way that you brought the shared value benefits of this to the fore as well. You know, doing well for sustainability, ESG more broadly, but also the competitive nature of that. Again, I agree. Be one of the biggest differentiators, you know, organisations that are doing this in the right way. So I love the way you brought that to the fore, class. Thank you. So I'm going to go now to a final question. I like to do this, a little bit of a fun one, looking ahead, kind of helping people kind of visualise where we might be in a few years time. So Klaus, if I could go back to you first. If I was going to ask you, you know, when I could travel from Berlin to the spree world with a regular hydrogen train. When do you think that will be a possibility? Well, for those of you who don't know what the Spreewald is, that is a very nice recreational area just southeast of uh, Berlin. So in the Berlin-Brandenburg area, and Jochen mentioned that earlier, uh, we will see the first trains, uh, I do hope, as early as uh, 2024. Uh, so obviously I'm hoping for that. I'm making my plans uh, in order to get on board. Fantastic. I love that. And then finally, back to you, Johan, if I may. When do you think you'll be selling more hydrogen than diesel powered units of the Miro Plus? Right now. The answer is simply right now. Because there, as I said before, there is no need for go for further diesel trains. Technologies are available. Alternative technologies are available. Battery powered trains, hydrogen powered trains. And there's absolutely no need to go for diesel trains anymore. And that's, that's amazing. I love that. That's fantastic. What a way to end it. Thank you, Klaus. Thank you, Johan, for joining us today. It's been another amazing episode. We've really brought to the fore, I think, the value of hydrogen for regional chains, the power of partnership, the benefits of fuel cell technology and collaboration to making this reality, supported by governance, supported by good funding. And thank you all for joining us on this episode of the Siemens Mobility Podcast. Thank you all. <laughs>